Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and the Assistant Women's Director at Canacuck K1. It's Beth Ann Lampley. Hey, hey, everybody. Glad to be back. BA, we're here talking leadership. This is the last of our series, Spirit Leader. We're talking about empowerment today. Beth Ann, would you like to introduce our guest for the day? I would. Shay, today we have on the podcast the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Joe White, here to talk some more about the Spirit Leader. <laughs> Joe, say hello to the people. Well, uh, it, Shay, we're right in the middle of our summer as we broadcast, and you know, we can't wipe the smiles off our faces. We were just talking before the broadcast how short and how rare these camp days are. We live for these days. We're surrounded by teenagers out here, hundreds of them, and they're just the neatest people in the whole wide world. Um, and I don't know, Shay, I'm, I'm, I'm never happier in my life than when I'm at camp. I'm just so glad to be here. It is so fun. So we're out here with the teenagers. Beth Ann's got the Rugrats, the elementary kids. B.A., what are some of the, your favorite things about working with kids at K-1? I could talk for the next 36 minutes about what I love about the kids at K-1, but they are, I mean, from the moment they wake up, Shay, they are ready to run out the door. We had a sleep-in Sunday a few days ago, but you know, cabin two was up at 7 a.m. Yeah, there's no such there thing There was no sleep-in. They are ready. They're ready to do the zip line. They're ready to hit the lake, do everything. So they are just full of energy. Uh, they're ready to try every new activity. Um, it, camp's just a place where a kid can be a kid and be themselves and try new things. And they learn more about themselves coming to camp. I think they learn they're more uh, independent than they ever knew that they were without mom and dad. So it's so fun seeing kids just grow in their maturity and just what they're actually able to do. And then, of course, just getting to see them own their faith from a young age is just, it's amazing. You know, B.A., so I hear the enthusiasm in your voice. And as a dad of young kids, I feel the same way. But it reminds me of the way that Jesus felt about kids, you know, specifically Matthew 18, the disciples, they come up to Jesus and they say, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he calls a child over to himself and he sets among them. He says, truly, I say to you, unless you change and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So whoever will humble himself like this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Joe, you devoted your life to working with kids. Help us understand that. You know, the amazing thing about kids is how much faith they have. You know, our mantra at camp is that every child who enters our gate, we believe in them until they believe in themselves. And we believe in them that they're born to be next generation leaders. And the longer I've done this camp, the more I see and I'm amazed by the spirit-filled, all committed, you know, God can do anything, this childlike faith that Christ talks about coming alive in kids. I was just over at K-West yesterday at our junior high camp talking about I'm third. And I had 330-something kids, and those kids were digging into every single word. That, that, you know, came out of my mouth. 
They're so hungry. And there was one kid uh, who was sitting on the front row in the same place where a young man was sitting not so many years ago. And this young man, when I met him over at K-West, I said, what, do you, what, do you, what are you excited about? He said, well, I'm building orphanages in Africa. And I said, I said, how old are you? And he said, 12. And I said, tell me about that. He said, well, I was watching CNN a couple years ago, and I saw these orphans in Africa, and, and they didn't have a place to live. And he said, I decided that I was going to build orphanages. And I said, well, how'd you, how'd you do that? And he said, well, he said, I set up three lemonade stands, and all summer long, my two buddies and I would operate our lemonade stands. Although we wouldn't sell the lemonade, we had a website, and we took contributions. And during the summer, we raised $46,000. Whoa. And he said, I built one orphanage. I've got 12 kids. And he said, I've got plans for two more. He did. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I just go, that's what I'm talking about, being empowered by the Spirit of God. And that's what Christ is saying. Unless you have faith like a little child, you know, you're never going to understand that. I saw the shadows of another girl who was at K-West just a few years ago also. Her name was Emma. And while Emma was at camp, God spoke deeply into her little middle school heart. And God said, you're going to be a leader on your basketball team, and you're going to do Bible studies at your locker every game. Well, the girl is a pretty good athlete at age 14, so she starts on the high school varsity as a freshman, and she starts the season doing her little Bible studies, Maybe one girl attended, maybe two. Long story short, by the end of her season, she's got Bible verses painted all over her shoes, living out her faith daily. Mm -hmm. And she is now leading her team to the state championship. Fast forward the next fall, her confidence is building. You know, she's getting more and more power from the Spirit of the Lord that loves her so much. And she's not only praised with her team for every game, but she goes out as the team captain, and she invites the other team, public, school, basketball, and volleyball, mind you, where coaches don't talk about Jesus, but the players can do whatever they want to do. And so she gets the opposing team on the floor to pray together with her team. It happens every single game for four years. They win four state championships. She also wins a state championship in triple jump. And that girl not only changed her school, she becomes the Women's Athlete of the Year in Missouri and, and interviewed all over the state. People are just in shock about this one, you know, little Kay West girl who grows up filled with the Spirit of the Lord in her heart and goes out and literally makes an impact on the state of Missouri. Joe, I'm thinking about how many times when we're out on the road and we're interviewing and we're asking, you know, these college students, what age do you want to work with? And so many will say, well, I want to be with high school students because I can really have good conversations. And I love getting to share with them that that you would be amazed at what God is doing in the lives of elementary age kids at camp. And they are ready to have those deeper conversations. And God is moving um, in their hearts and their lives as well. And I get a front row seat to watch uh, I'm third kiddos who are serving each other in their cabin, who are ministering to each other um, in their cabin. It's just amazing to watch on crosswalk night. It's amazing to see we have our kids write letters to Jesus 
Jesus and the things that they're pouring out of their mm. hearts. I mean, you'd be in tears. We could sit around this table and just read these letters of these kids. They get it. They get who God is and what he's done for us through Jesus. And so what is it, Joe, that makes kids uh, just have the ability to be full of faith and just to have that that mindset of, you know, with God, I can change the world. I can do anything. Yeah, B.A., you said it well. Uh, You know, little kid leaders like teenage leaders, and honestly, it's the same thing I see in collegiate leaders and the same thing I see in young professional leaders. Those that lead, those that do great things in their life with God and for God, those are individuals, whatever age they are, who believe God can do anything. We had a, we had a camper a few years ago named Cameron. His daddy was one of our, is one of our directors. And Cameron had a slogan on his right wrist. He was the quarterback of the high school football team. Very good player. Went on to play D1 football. And on one side of his wrist, it said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. On the other side of his wrist, it said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so he knew the secret of leadership. That without the power of the Holy Spirit, I can't do anything. But he would take his faith because he was fully dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And every single game, he would gather his high school football team on the 50-yard line. The whole team would follow him, and they would kneel down and pray in front of all the adults in the stands who would stand there in awe. And so, Bethann, I love watching young and older leaders know their God can do anything that's in God's will, of course, and they believe it, and they go out and they do it. That's the key to leadership is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Joe, I'm, I'm looking outside the windows of my house, and there's pea gravel all over our campuses. And we always talk about the pea gravel represents the flesh of the men and women who have gone before you that's fallen off. And as you walk through, it's like that iconic camp sound, just the sound of pea gravel. <laughs> and I just, you know, I use that analogy because I believe it. This is my 16th year in this place. And you would think this would get easier, but God doesn't, he doesn't want that for us. He wants to grow us up and to cause us to be dependent on him. And as I look back at the moments that I live for, the moments I live for are like these little life-changing moments along the way that you get to be a part of. And those aren't self-manufactured. I mean, God gets the credit for them. And I, I just think about John 15, 5, where Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And I'm reminded 16 years in, it's just so true. I want to walk with God intimately so that I don't miss out on the great adventures. Yeah, Shay, my mind goes to the upper room. Uh, and, and, and every time I go with the upper room with Jesus and, and the disciples, I get this real tender place in my heart as I see him sort of saying farewell uh, to the amazement of his men. But he, but, he, but he says to them, you know, he says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you. In a little while, the world will behold me no more, but men, you will behold me because I live, you will live 
also. And he announces to them that he's going to give them another helper. You know, we know the word is, is paraclete, if you will, in Greek, which means the one called alongside. And he begins to unpack for them all the attributes that his spirit, who's going to live inside them as followers of Christ, and to every believer that we're talking to today, the Spirit of Christ that lives in you, He begins to tell you everything He's going to do. And to summarize this great upper room discourse, and if you've ever memorized anything in Scripture that is helpful and powerful, you can memorize John 13, 14, 15, and 16, and, and just be filled with the knowledge of all the Spirit does. The Holy Spirit will envelop you, literally, like, like putting an, a letter in an envelope and sealing. He said, in that day, you'll know that I'm in the Father, and you're in me, and I'm in you. It's the Spirit that seals you in Christ, Ephesians 1 also documents. And then he says, the Holy Spirit will guide you into truth. He'll tell you the right thing to do, leaders. And if you're fully dependent on him, you won't step to the right or to the left. You'll lead the way he wants you to lead. He also says the Spirit will, will glorify Jesus. The Spirit is the humble man of the Trinity. He doesn't glorify himself. He lifts up Jesus. He glorifies Jesus. And then Romans 8, he says the Spirit adopts you. And, 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 and then you can't go on talking about the Holy Spirit without my favorite thing. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it opens up with this crazy, assuring, powerful, oh my goodness, I just get so excited as I, you know, kind of run through afflictions in my own life and stuff. He says that when you are filled with the Spirit, He will give you a word of bravery. Our language calls it comforter. But according to Barclay, the commentary, it says he will give you in your affliction a word of bravery, like a general stepping into a defeated army, gives that defeated army a spirit of bravery so they will go back into the battle and fight again. And so in our afflictions, he speaks bravery into our heart so that we can go out and not just fight in the battle again, but according to that dear passage, we can also give the same word of bravery to others who are going through the same battle we're going through. That's the redemption of pain and affliction. As he comforts us, we get a backstage pass into the lives of others going through the same affliction so we can give them that word of bravery and they can go out and fight the battle again. The Spirit is the one who does everything, leaders, through us, so that as we accomplish things, it's all the glory of God. All the glory of God. Joe, as you describe all those roles of the Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm reminded of a word picture that I go back to often. In Branson, down at the Branson Landing, there's a fire and water show. It's the same company that developed the, you know, the famous Bellagio water show. But it's such an amazing thing to watch. I mean, these water jets are shooting up and then these huge flames of fire. If you think about like when that fire goes off, it's head turning. I mean, everybody stops. They look at it. You can feel it. It's awe-inspiring. And 
The reason that that happens is because it's a really simple mechanism. Under the ground, there's a big tank filled with fuel. And that fuel represents the power. And then there's just a real simple conduit. I mean, nothing more than a piece of PVC pipe that goes from that source of power through the ground, up through the tube. And at the base of that tube, there's an igniter that starts that flame and we see the big show up in front. And to me, that just represents the life of the believer. That, that power source is the throne room of God. And you and I are just this simple little conduit that, you know, Paul calls, calls us uh, clay pots, you know, very simple. And, and yet we get to be the transportation device mm-hmm. of like God's power flowing from the throne room through us, through the Holy Spirit and into the world. Mm-hmm. And we can't take any credit for the awesome things that people are, are causing people's heads to turn, but we get to be a part of them. As we walk with the Spirit, that's what keeps that conduit wide open. We can clog it up with sin and distraction and um, shame and guilt, etc. But the Holy Spirit he helps keep them clear, and then we get to be a part of those amazing moments. That's what I live for. It's incredible work, picture show you. Incredible. You know, Joe, what's been amazing to watch over the last few years as you have faced major affliction and trial in your life, I think our audience knows you have lost both of your legs, yet you continue uh, to lead this place and to not take yourself out of the game. I think many people, after finding themselves maybe in the spot you were in, would say, you know what, I'm done, I'm going to throw the towel in. But you have said, no, I'm hanging in there and I'm going to lead through the power of the Holy Spirit and through these afflictions. What has that been like for you? What's that looked like? Bethann, it has been literally unbelievable. Uh, yeah, the last two years have been, you know, painful and all that. But uh, but I've learned through, you know, 20 or 30 surgeries that that there's two majors in life. And I'm, I'm talking to leaders of all ages out there who are listening to us today. There's two majors in life. One's my relationship with God and the other's my relationship with my family. Those are majors. There's minors in like life, and one is pain, and one is inconvenience, and the other is loss. Pain, inconvenience, and loss are minors, leaders. As leaders, we're going to suffer. That's part of leadership. Suffering is hard work. But as Paul says, I have nothing to boast about but my afflictions. And he said, most gladly, therefore, I will boast about my afflictions so that the power of Christ might live through me. And the beauty of getting, you know, cut on and cut off and, and you know, beat down and, you know, just all these wonderful things that, you know, a leader gets to go through is that you find out that God is enough. And that's the point of this show. God will lead. God will do incredible things. And the more we suffer... And the more we lose and the more we hurt, the more God wins and the more powerful that God is. So, Bethann, I am literally thankful for all the afflictions in my life because that's when the power of God is at His very best in everything that we do here. 
Joe, thank you for that final charge and for your passion on leadership. And we want to thank you, our audience, for spending this time with us today. If this content has blessed you, we'd encourage you to check out the rest of the Spirit Leader series on the Canicuck podcast. Also, I want to encourage you to check out Joe's accompanying book titled Inspire Leader. We'll leave the information link in the description if you want to get a hold of that book. And uh, we just pray that this podcast serves to encourage your I'm Third approach to leadership. And with that, we'd love to pray with you. Father God, we just lift up all the leaders out there and we pray, Jesus, that, uh, that you would empower them, that they would walk humbly with you, God, that they would seek you with a spirit that is continually filled with repentance and humility and to surrender to you, God. Whatever you want to do through us, Lord, we want to go on an adventure with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canicuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com.